This is Dr. Kara Shepard, and you're listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. Thanks for listening to Goat Talk with the Goat Doc. I'm going to talk about buying goats in this episode and probably a couple more episodes. And this series of episodes is going to be geared towards like buying goats as a new goat owner because I feel like I have touched on multiple things in previous episodes that are important to think about when you are buying goats especially for the first time but also but I haven't really been like goat buying 101 or something like that and uh, this is going to be largely like opinion related because this is my opinion uh, and somewhat probably medical related because there are definitely medicine related things you should think about when you are buying goats but and some people are but because of it being an opinion related thing there are going to be differing opinions but that's okay this is my opinion and you can take it or leave it um there's probably going to be some overlap between this episode and other episodes um just talking about general health topics that i've discussed in the past i'm on my way home from a long a look like a, a long but very good day of calls on the road today it was a beautiful day really nice patients really nice clients it's everything went smoothly and I'm getting home a little bit earlier than I thought so that's always good and my phone tells me I've got 41 minutes to go to part one of uh, goat buying 101 and I'm gonna think of a more clever name than that of this series of episodes and I feel like I haven't done any notes or planning or anything this is off the cuff but I feel like this is going to not all fit into like 30 minutes so it's probably going to be a two or three part series so yeah we'll get going uh, after I do some housekeeping stuff. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and hello to new listeners, and thank you for sharing with your goat friends out there on the internet that there's a goat podcast. And for a while I was like, oh, I've got the best goat podcast on the internet because I was the only goat podcast on the internet, and now there's a couple more. But I appreciate you guys uh, coming on board and finding me on the internet at goatdoc.com is the website and you can find me on instagram at goat underscore doc where i haven't been super active lately and i am being a slacker and i'll get back on that um and uh, on twitter at goatdoccara and i think that's really mostly it at this point for social media but uh yeah you can send me an email at goatdoccara at gmail.com and come say hi and ask me questions and uh, also if you would like to rate and review on apple podcasts or your podcast player app of choice that's awesome because that it's like the the positive reinforcement thing when you guys send me emails and questions and uh 
every once in a while. I don't use Apple Podcasts, so I forget to look at it. And then I look at it, I'm like, oh, look, people have rated and reviewed. It's so exciting. Um, so that's nice. Makes me keep doing the podcast. If you really, really like the podcast and you would like to go above and beyond and join the group of people who think what I'm doing with the podcast is worth throwing a couple of bucks a month at as far as helping me, uh, you know, financially offset hosting and uh, podcast hosting and web hosting and these kinds of things and also have access to like some fun uh patron thank you gifts you can check out my patreon page at patreon.com slash goat doc and there's also a link from the website it's under contact i believe i need to update my website again even though i just like completely overhauled it this winter because life is crazy and changes so yeah uh i think that is all of the housekeeping things there's gonna be a new thing my um podcast hosting has done this new thing where you can be a supporter through them and i will look into that uh it's like, like Patreon is like a, an ongoing monthly contribution to the podcast. And um, you can, I, I set up like thank you things. And some of the things are like physical things like stickers and um, things that are printable. And I have I've just we've been so slammed. We need to do Tales from the Farm because everything is crazy. Um, but... I'm looking at my does and I'm like, oh my God, you need to get your feet trimmed so bad and it will be a perfect opportunity to do a hoof trimming video for my patron library of videos. So I'm, I gotta get on that. I have so many things to do. Um, so that will be coming and like those types of things and, uh, on the patron page. Anyway, um, like I said, this podcast is going to probably be a lot of opinion, but this podcast is provided with the intent to educate and inform. It is not a substitute for professional medical advice or veterinary care provided by your primary vet. And I strongly encourage you to establish and maintain a current and valid VCPR veterinarian client patient relationship with your local vet. All right, so I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, um, relating to something else, but like, so you want to get a goat, and perhaps more so because of the current global health crisis slash global pandemic, um, and people being freaked out about is this the apocalypse and what kind of uh, what kind of social systems are going to break down and are we going to need to fend for ourselves and make all our own food? I have been getting, and I know other producers have been getting more requests and interest in purchasing goat kids uh, this spring. I mean, we usually have a fair amount of interest, honestly, and, like, uh, we don't sell very many goat kids at our place because we don't have a lot of time to do that, and a lot of them go in the freezer. Um, but uh, we've we've had some requests this spring of people being like, we want to get goats, and, and straight up being like, we don't know anything about goats. <laughs> and um, I strongly encourage people to like think about why you want goats 
before you get goats. I feel like I'm like guilty of the thing that I'm like accusing people of now though because if you've listened to all the podcasts you know that like we got our first goat and we didn't know anything about goats. The caveat of that is that like I grew up with horses and had a very like specific you know like work ethic instilled in me from growing up with horses that like the horses come first and the livestock comes first and understanding what that means to have livestock uh, and like be responsible for an animal life Um, when we got into goats we expected them to you know we didn't expect to be running a dairy um, which is basically like a pet slash companion animal um but I, you know, I was very confident and comfortable with my ability to take pretty good care of livestock from growing up with horses. Um, so, like, if you don't have that background, if you don't have that experience, if you don't know anything about livestock, like, I would encourage you to do some homework and think about, like, why do you want this animal? Is this animal appropriate for you? Is this animal appropriate for your lifestyle? And, like... Are you going to be able to take care of it? Are you going to enjoy taking care of it? And if the answer is no, then that's okay. And if the answer is yes, then great. Things to think about when you have livestock. Um, They need to be fed, you know, and made sure they have water and provided for. Like, generally, the schedule is twice a day, every single day. It's not, and it's also generally more difficult to get away from your place of residence to go on vacation or travel uh, somewhere where, like, if you have a dog or a cat, when I, <laughs> I'm like the worst cat owner. Um, growing up, my family would just be like, okay, cat, you're going to stay here. Here's some food. Someone will come check on you a couple times. And that's fine with a cat. And dogs, like, need to go to boarding or have somebody stay with them. Um, it's harder with livestock. You either have to have somebody, like, house sit your house or, um, you know, stay at your house or have somebody come twice a day to your house or your farm or wherever to take care of your livestock. And it's more challenging and it's you know, like more logistically challenging. You can't just leave those animals to fend for themselves. And some people don't want that kind of like responsibility, tying them down to take care of those animals. And that's fine. And everybody's got a different thing and there's nothing wrong with that, but the animal's needs do not change based on what your lifestyle preference is. So people tend to like see cute things, whether it's a kitten or a puppy or a goat or a chick or I mean, maybe less so a baby horse because they're <laughs> they're cute, but they're kind of wild. Um, like baby goats are in that same kind of like, oh look, it's like a dog size kind of category. But there's different considerations that come along with a goat kid than a puppy. Um, So yeah, how is that animal going to fit into your life and what is your goal for that animal? Is your goal for that animal that it's going to be a pet? That's fine. That's totally cool. Are you going to eat this animal? Are you going to um, milk this animal? Are you going to show this animal? These are all different things to think about when you're adding an animal to your crew. Um, 
Yeah. So what's the goal? Why are we doing it? And then, like I said, lifestyle. How is it going to affect your lifestyle? Are you going to be able to handle that? Are you going to resent it? Is it going to be fine? I, I don't know, but that's a, it's a nice thing to ask yourself in a realistic way because just like people get lots of, you know, they're like, oh, I got a puppy because it was cute. And then it gets to be like eight months old and it's gigantic and jumping all over you and it's not as cute anymore. Uh, so that's why we have like lots of pets that end up in shelter situations and that's a bummer. So, yeah, um, there's definitely livestock that ends up at auctions ends up in places where you know didn't intend for it to end up um yeah so what else about getting a goat it is helpful to educate yourself about like what does that animal eat i've said it before about more than one thing and i'll say it again sometimes you feel like things should go without saying and then unfortunately they need to be said that goats shouldn't eat ham Um, goats shouldn't eat dog food that's not like nutritionally appropriate for them Uh, goats shouldn't be by themselves goats can do very well with other species as companions like horses or cattle Um, but one goat by itself is going to be kind of sad in general Um, or kind of sad is probably like the mildest thing that that goat will be and like crazy anxiety screaming all the time driving you crazy and having separation anxiety is probably like the worst thing that that goat can be um so thinking about this goat then the next thing is like where is this goat gonna live you decided you have the personality and the time and the lifestyle where you want to have a goat or more than one goat um probably more than one goat unless you already have other livestock in your life then the next thing is like logistics so where is this goat gonna live how are you going to feed it what is like the physical infrastructure and apparatus that you will need to house and feed and take care of this goat so i see all kinds of goat housing. I've seen goats that live in the human home. I've seen goats that uh, live in like the goat Hilton. Uh, (laughs) And I've seen goats that could have better living quarters than they do. Um, Goats are very, very adaptable and the like most significant and important thing for them as far as housing is that they have a place where they can stay dry and out of the wind uh and i mean also you got to think about like your climate in terms of that as well because like maine for example has a pretty wide array of temperature and weather uh, that we deal with on a regular basis and you know in the winter we can have wind chills of like 30 degrees below zero fahrenheit and in the summer we can have temperatures above 100 degrees so we have to provide shelter for our animals from those extremes and try to keep them comfortable 
mostly in my geographic area people tend to worry about cold weather for our goats and like in that on that end of the spectrum if they have a place where they can stay dry and out of the wind and have plenty of hay in front of them to eat all the time they should be fine on the hot end of the spectrum they should they should have access to shade um, and ventilation they shouldn't have like a stuffed up area where like if they've got a roof but the only roof is inside the barn with no windows and the doors are closed then that's like a greenhouse that's like shutting your dog in a car on a hot day that's not going to be helpful at all um, so shade ventilation plenty of clean fresh water so those are the things to think about as far as that goes. Um, and it, the rest of it is like aesthetics, honestly. I've seen some really fun, like custom built, small, you know, people have like a couple Nigerian dwarf goat weathers that are pets and they um, have like a, a little shed, a little small barn that has all like custom built out with like ramps and beds and places for the goats to jump on and walk across and lay down and hide under and all that stuff and they love that that's great is it necessary no it's fun it's really cool um but it's not 100 percent necessary they're gonna be fine as long as they have a place to rest and be sheltered from the elements and from predators um, or people that are going to be obnoxious at them. Uh, yeah. I guess I'll talk a little bit about fencing for goats too because um, everybody, again, everybody's going to have an opinion on this and I, I'll just talk about what works for me. Goats, uh, people like to have the saying about like, is your fence goat proof? Like throw a bucket of water at your fence and if the water stays in, then your fence is goat proof. So if that tells you anything about like how easy or difficult it is to keep a goat inside a fence. There are a couple things to think about when considering fencing for goats, in my opinion. Uh, and it's kind of a balancing act of how much convincing do the goats need to stay where you want them to stay uh, versus how intense your fence needs to be. On like the most intense fence side would be like a five foot plus five to six foot tall like woven wire uh, high tensile wire fence. So that is... <clears throat> like wire mesh that has rectangles and the rectangles are usually two inches by four inches um the fence itself is five to six feet tall and you would need that for like your full-size dairy breeds and it is high tensile which means it's under tension when it's put up so this is the kind of fence that i started out with goats and it was i started out with that kind of fence with goats because that's what my horse needed um my horse was kind of a bonehead, but not, he was just kind of, not really a bonehead. He was very smart. He was, and he was kind of sassy and a little full of himself. Um, we did, we did show jumping, my, my horse and I, um, and he was quite talented and could pretty easily clear a four foot fence. Um, 
five foot, he like kind of that he wouldn't do it. He he probably could have, but it psyched him out enough at least that he didn't do it. Um, but he could easily. There was there was a time where he was in this one place where. <laughs> I was free lunging him in an outside arena and the fence was well, probably four feet tall and he was like yeah no I'm done free lunging I'm gonna jump this fence yeah so what a jerk uh, so yeah so he had my horse had this five foot tall high tensile woven wire fence because that's what kept him in and then thereby that's what we had when we started doing goats so it kept the goats in that is a very physically strong and tall fence like goats would have to try really like really really hard to get out from that they would be it would be very challenging for goats to get through that by just uh physical force or attempting to climb it or you know accidentally going under it and figuring it out or somehow getting out of it like it's it's pretty hard to get out of that so the um that kind of fence a fence that is very like physically strong and like would be very physically difficult strong well-built tall small openings would be physically difficult for the goats to get through that that kind of fence like you need to worry less about the thing on the other side of the spectrum which is how interesting is it for the goats to stay in the place that you want them to stay so if you have if you have like a dry lot for example you're probably going to need a stronger fence to keep your goats in maybe you're going to need a five foot tall woven wire high tensile fence maybe you're going to need to run an electric wire on the top of it like are you keeping bucks in are there does on the other side of the fence how much like interest and desire and ability will the goats have to get to the other side of that fence dictates how rugged and tall and like intense the fence has to be so on the other end of the scale like so dry lot goats five foot tall woven wire fence you might need a hot wire at the top if you got bucks if you got like full-size dairy bucks because like so that fence i was just telling you about the five foot tall woven wire fence that my horse was in over time over a period of you know whatever 10 years that we had that fence up like it needed uh fence posts replaced and the even though they were pressure treated the part in the ground started to rot and the bucks were in that paddock for a while and they would climb up the fence so they couldn't get out of it until they started climbing up it and they climbed up it near the uh, fence posts that were rotting and then they broke the fence posts and then they're like oh look it's leaning oh look I can climb over it so yeah so as soon as they could physically get over it because the physical structure of the fence was deteriorating you better believe that they climbed over it um and that was super annoying (laughs) so on the other end of the spectrum if you have like a large area with lots of stuff for goats to do if you have like rocks for them to climb on and lots of grass for them to eat and trees for them to nibble on and just like uh interesting uh what do we call it environmental enrichment for goats and like you have an appropriate size area for the number of goats you have 
they're gonna like if you can keep them occupied and they're not like ooh what's over there I need that thing over there then you don't need as intense of a fence if it's more trouble to get out of the fence than the thing on the other side of the fence is worth then the goats are gonna leave it alone like they're so you got to even out like the grass is always greener right so the grass needs to be green enough on the inside of the fence to keep the goats in i gotta think like a goat on this one and i swear to god that they they figure this out like how much how much work is it going to be to get out of this fence am i going to get a nasty like electric zap if i try to get out of this fence am i going to be separated from my friends am i going to be able to get back in like i swear that they like logically reason this out to to determine like cost and like <laughs> metaphorical cost of getting out of the fence versus staying in the fence and it's like oh there's some grass over there oh but you know what there's some grass over here and I don't have to go through that fence and maybe get zapped to to go see that grass I'll just eat this grass right here because it's fine then they're less likely to do it or like oh I want to like check out what that thing is I can jump on over there oh but look there's this like pile of rocks right here that's fine I don't need to go check out that other thing because there's a thing right here for me to check out So keeping your goats happy and occupied inside the area that you would like them to stay happy and occupied is an important aspect of keeping goats where you want them to be. I get like the worst anxiety ever when my goats are not where I want them to be. Like I can't I can't handle goats just running around like willy-nilly. It drives me crazy goats should in at my place goats need to be where I want them to be or it drives me crazy that's my deal your mileage may vary maybe you don't mind if your goats are out like wandering around on the lawn and like eating your daylilies but I mind that so yeah I mean, and it's important for safety too, guys. Like, you know, I where we used to live, it didn't matter so much if the goats got out because they like might run around the driveway and like in the front yard, and they probably would eat something stupid that they weren't supposed to eat, and um, you know, but make a mess and like jump on hay and really, in general, just make us annoyed. But like, they didn't have the ability to like wander in the road and get hit by a car like they do at our new place so for the animals safety as well as your own sanity having adequate fencing is important so talked a lot about like high tensile woven wire mesh um other things that i have used are certainly electric fencing um the the current area that our does like our milking herd is fenced in is a three strand uh aluminum electric wire that packs a pretty good punch um the wire for us it's important that the bottom wire is pretty close to the ground so that the goats are not like "Ooh, i'm gonna go under this um we try to put it under pretty good amount of tension so when we're putting it up we pull it pretty tight between the the anchoring fence posts 
Um, and then there's two more wires on the way up. For the goat kids, as we get them out in the pasture, we are going to do a five-strand uh, wire. And I'm saying this, and I realized that I forgot to pick up fence wire on the way home because I went home a different way than I planned to. Crap. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So, we use the, like, aluminum or steel, just bare wire. I don't like the, um, like, the braided poly wire. I don't think it zaps hard enough. You gotta not be like if you're going to use electric fence it needs to kick it needs to zap hard if you touch it it needs to like make you feel like you your heart's going to stop if you get zapped by it and then the goats won't mess with it because they will mess with it when they first go on it they figure it out quick they're not stupid but they will try and see what it is that's how they roll um the other electric type fencing that we've used and had pretty good success with is uh, like a quick quick fence, which is an electric fence um, that rolls up and it's really good for um, like moving rotational grazing or temporary fencing. So you, it comes, it's like this wide net. Uh, this is braided poly, but it works. It, you know, works well enough that goats put their mouths on it and they get a zap and then they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that again. And I think why, now that I'm thinking about it, I think why I like the aluminum or steel, like solid wire for permanent fencing is that it, I think it has better longevity um, in terms of how much current and conduction it will maintain over time. Aluminum is really my preference here. Um, I have, we have been using a little bit of steel because that's what we could get locally uh, on, on like a Sunday or something like that and that seems to be working but the aluminum won't rust obviously um and it it zaps it zaps hard so that's good um the the quick fence so it's a mesh um with like pretty big squares the squares i think might be a little bit narrower at the bottom but the squares are like eight inches by six inches and so it has more of a visual component to it than the steel or aluminum wire too so if that's another thing that's like a balance too if you're going to um, have something that's easier to see then it probably doesn't need to zap as hard because there's like a visual deterrent too whereas like the three strands of aluminum or steel wire going horizontally you can't see it as well um, certainly from a distance and even up close so yeah that's the fencing thing and electric fencing is great there's less of an investment financially um it's probably less like upkeep over time um if you like paint your fence or um you know the, if it's wood and it rots and goats put their feet on it and stand up on it and chew on it if it's winter and you have to plow when you plow the uh snow up against the fence and then things break and all these all these things like electric fence depending where you are depending what your grounds like it can be quite delightful and easy to set up and um not as much of a financial investment and it can work as long as the electric part works 
so make sure it works. Alright, so that's fencing. I didn't talk too specifically about housing, but uh, like clean and dry and uh, out of the wind. Water and feed, like you're going to have to I think I'm going to start with water and feed in the next round of this episode. Like, what should you feed to a certain, like, to a certain extent? Or maybe I'll talk about what you shouldn't feed, like some interesting things that I've seen goats eat that are not appropriate, and uh, <laughs> what you should feed, and in general stuff like that so because this is getting to like the 30 minute point and I'm almost home and I'm gonna have to help with chores if you have questions about what uh or things you think I should talk about for for new goat owners so you think you want to get goats part two shoot me an email at goat.cara at gmail.com and I will try to work it in but as I expected this is not going to be one part episode so we'll get to the next part and I think that's going to do it for the moment I'll talk to you guys next time